Thank you for tuning in to The B-Side again. My name is Orlando Thompson. My guest today is artist Jonathan Purvis, and this is episode 11 of The B-Side, brought to you by Some College Radio. So, I think we have audio. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Welcome to the B-Side. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming to my place. Nobody, even my girlfriend doesn't barely come in here. The only reason that couch is there is because she's like, I never have anywhere to sit. And I was like, <laughs> okay. The longest she's ever hung out in here was uh, Katie came over and fell asleep. She's an avid napper. Ooh. And I was like, okay, I'm going to process film. <laughs> And so I processed film and started watching Glow, and she can luckily sleep through anything. So, What do you think about Glow? I liked it. Uh, you know, Bradford did the documentary on Glow. When did he make the documentary? I guess it had to have been like four or five years ago. Really? Yeah. Because I, I watched... It didn't bring me to that until the show was out. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm done with the show, so I might as well just, yeah. you know, complimentary video to I'm the show. I'm kind of glad it was vice versa, because yeah. I think the show wouldn't be as interesting if I already knew so much of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and it's neat seeing, like, a few of them. It's like, oh, man, she looks just like her. And the other one's like, yeah. oh, man, that's... <laughs> but uh, I like the show. Yeah. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's something I will watch again. Nice. Uh, I'm curious to see the second season. I hope it doesn't do... So Orange is the New Black people, right? Uh, or was it the yes. Weeds people? No, it's the Orange is the New Black. Yeah, okay, because yeah. I got really tired of that. And I, I still, uh, I don't think I've watched the last season, but it, you know, it, I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. We may be two seasons without having watched it, but definitely this last season we didn't watch, we haven't watched any of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I just grew tired of it. It's one yeah. of those things. It's like, no, don't. You go on it, too it, long. Like, yeah, you, you've gone on way too long. Yeah. Like, just stop it. Do something yeah. else. Do something else. Um, Fargo is my favorite television show yeah. right now. Have you watched any Fargo? Nope. It is the first season because I love Fargo. I love the Coen Brothers, and I was like, "Why the fuck? Why are? Can I cuss in this? You cuss okay? Because I cuss a lot. Uh, but I was like, "Why the fuck are you making? I, I assumed it was just going to be like, oh, re, I don't know. First season is really damn good, but the second season is one of my favorite things on television ever. Mm. Like it's." up there with The Wire or that first season of really? True Detective. Um, yeah, I think the second season. I, I, so I, I don't have internet at home. Okay. And I have a, a really crappy laptop. Um, <laughs> so it only has limited space. And also I can't pirate stuff anymore. So I know, I, what is with that? Yeah, I'm so mad I can't pirate anymore. Yeah, it's like merely here at the studio got like a letter like, hey, uh, you're, what are you downloading? Freaking like, Ice Cube sent me the same letter, uh, yeah. man. I downloaded a couple of Ice Cube songs and he was like, you owe me 60 bucks. I was like, are oh, you kidding man. me? Damn. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't pirate anymore and Fargo was one of the last things I pirated so it's on my laptop so it's like I just rewatched season yeah. two. Not only do I love it, but it's just like, oh, it's, I guess I'll I'm at home. I've watched it again. Got to do laundry. I guess I'll put it on. <laughs> um, and season three just finished not long ago. It's the first time I've ever paid for a TV show. I was like, look, it, I'll buy you the $25 Amazon wow. pass. Yeah. So every day, I, I mean, you know, when it aired on Wednesdays, I could download it uh, the next day. And because it's Amazon, I could save it on my phone so I could watch it if, you know, I was going to be out of town on the shoot or anything. Um, and it was really damn good. Like, it's. I don't know. That show, 
is awesome. But that model of stuff, just that 10 hours, or yeah. not even 10 hours, 40 minutes with commercials each episode, 10 episodes. So that's like 400 minutes. That's six and a half hours. <laughs> that's perfect. It's doable. You know. It's doable. It's, it's enough of a commitment to really develop characters at the same time. It's not like The Wire where it's like, cool, here's yeah. 14 hour long. My girlfriend's watching that right now and I'm like, man, I don't even remember everything that happens because it's so it. dense. Yeah. It's just so much going on. It's a freaking rabbit hole. Um, but yeah. Well, now that we've talked about what you do to unwind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, quickly tell us who you are. Uh, like, give us like a elevator pitch. Uh, so my name is Jonathan Purvis. I kind of, I don't really consider myself a photographer as much as a, I feel like I'm a printmaker mm. or archivist. Like those, those are prints of mine behind you. Okay. Um, or oh, yeah. drawings or trans, uh, they're, I guess mixed media, um, and drawings of sorts. Uh, but that's what I do for art, I guess. I do a lot of gum printing, so like I shoot big negatives and then make prints out of the big negatives. Yeah. Uh, and it's all, uh, I'm very, I'm not anti-digital, I just, I hate being on a computer, so if you shoot digitally, you gotta be on a computer, which the irony <laughs> is shooting film, you know, just showed you all that film that I haven't scanned or done anything yeah. with, so it's, that's why I've moved towards like, uh, if I shoot large negatives, then only shoot a few, and then I can make prints and yeah. work, and I feel like, you know, like that print right there, that blue and purple one, that's uh, that's the beach. Um, and But it's abstracted, it's, you know, I, I that's Panama City Beach a yeah. decade and a half ago. Uh, but I can kind basically like a, reuse the negative, like reuse my own material. Right, I right. Guess. But yeah, so I make art uh, a lot, as much as I can. I don't, I need to get better at doing something with it, <laughs> but uh, I, do I, I work uh, freelance basically hustle for whatever kind of stuff most of my money right now comes from doing art department on uh, commercials like Regents yeah. Bank this week <laughs> uh, went into double overtime yesterday with Regents Ooh, Bank thank you Regents yeah. Um, but yeah so I do art department and stuff like I just worked on a film doing art department yeah. and yeah and then I I come here and make stuff when I'm not working, so and I like to travel. <laughs> how do you well, how do you you know get this get these out to the people? I don't, and that's that's something I wanted. I mean, I haven't had a website in two years, mm. you know. And I mean, you saw that film. Like I, yeah. that's something I want to do. Like I, the problem is, is I like making it more than doing anything with it. <laughs> um, but because of that, I, I don't have. You know, a lot of my friends who are artists, like, they have to sell shit yeah. to, to, to do it. And I, it's not that I have an aversion to selling stuff. I'm kind of a hoarder. I don't, there's certain stuff I like that I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I like this enough to let other people have it. But then I'm like, no, I really like it. I want it. Uh, I guess I, I don't rely on that. And so it's, it's not a motivator in what I do. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of artists, like, oh, man, I, I need to make money, which you have to make money. You got to right. survive. It's how capitalism works um and i don't have the pressure like i don't have the i don't have to deal with the expectations like oh do you like this or not oh i've got to go to an opening i've got to explain to people why i do what i do or you know like doing magic city art connection or something it's like man my nightmare is to talk to a thousand people 
I feel like I have a few ideas. I've wanted to, I need to start like another Instagram account or something yeah. and just start posting stuff I've made. Because yeah. I don't want to post like my art to my own Instagram. My own Instagram is just kind of like a diary to me. Um, but at the same time, I want to showcase the stuff that I own from other people too. Like I have, I, I've had a hustle going for a long time where I'll photo people's art for trade. Right. Because right. other artists need their art photos. Like yeah. Marilee, for instance. Like I've been photoing <laughs> her shit for, I guess, a, maybe a decade now. Um, I see a few pieces of hers like around here. Yeah, that's. <laughs> So I, she's someone I've worked with in trade, and I yeah. bought a lot of her stuff too. Like that, this piece here is, I think one of the first times I met her at Securo, I bought that, uh, and it's still one of my favorite pieces to this day. So, I, anyways, how I got off on that tangent is I've wanted to basically document all the art that I own because right. there's so much of it's just in flat files, or I have art in all kinds of random places like up uh you know the firehouse has a couple pieces of mine there's a piece of mine in the top you're, of you're lending it out now well <laughs> a friends of mine have i mean it's just like i don't have wall space for yeah. it uh there's a huge piece of paul wilms of mine up in saturn yeah. uh, up in there like upstairs backstage oh, area yeah, yeah the big pink one and green it's like a girl's face i have a lot of art all over and so <laughs> The idea I wanted to do is kind of start a, like documenting it, mostly for myself, because yeah. a lot of it I don't get to see if it's in a box somewhere, and I'd rather people appreciate it. Uh, and so I was like, oh man, I'll document it and then have people be able to say like, hey, I really like that piece, and have them have it for a year, like basically right. loan it out for a year. That's really cool. And then go photo it in their house. Uh -huh or wherever they put it up and then be like, okay, well, that's where it is. You can appreciate it and then I'll get it back. That's cool. So, but, uh, you know, I've wanted to start kind of a, I guess a blog or Instagram to, a lot of it's just to, to know what I have. Anyways, I'm rambling, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to do something with the stuff I own because I, I want to see it as well, but I, right. I don't have a place to appreciate it. So I'd rather other people appreciate it. You ever thought about getting like an agent or something? No, because I... Somebody do the footwork for you? Yeah, no, that would be a good idea, but a lot of that would just be trust. Like, I don't want people going through my shit, and yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know... Like, intentions and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I don't have money to pay someone, and yeah. at the same time, I don't want to just be stuck doing one thing, even if that is art, because I doing these other jobs allow me to be like, oh, cool, I got five days off. Yeah. Oh, the stuff I've been wanting to do, like process of film, like stuff like that. It's like, oh man, that's that's fun for me. But if I was doing it all the time, I don't think it would be the same. I don't think I would appreciate it as much or be mm -hmm. as productive. Like I'd feel like I have to make it. Right. Whereas on days when, you know, that film I just worked on was two months of work. So yeah. like, man, on my weekends, like when I'd have that one day off, I would sleep a lot. Um, <laughs> But then I'd be like, cool, I want to just draw or do something. Like, I need to have this outlet. Yeah. Whereas, it's an outlet then. It's not a necessity. Not another job. Yeah, it's not a job. And it's, I mean, nobody sees it. So it's also, right. it's a very, it's just for me. I mean, it's like, it's like pictures. People, it's, people know they're never going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> like is, that your, is that your MO? When you uh, take pictures of people, they know that they're never going to see them? Well, I mean, I see... I used to at least look at the negatives when I'd process <laughs> it. Now I'll look at a few of them. Uh, uh, but I feel like for me it's more of a visual 
diary of sorts. It, it, it's, I realize, like, I think a lot of artists and photographers especially are motivated, like, they want attention for what they're doing. Right. Which isn't bad. Like, I'm not shitting on them for that. It's just, like, I, I don't want attention from that. And I think there's certain things that I wouldn't photograph the way I do if I knew people were going to see it in the next week or so. Mm. But shit, 10 years from now, yeah. it'll be like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, whoa, look how skinny I am. Or, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, man, I remember that party. Or yeah. that's when I was dating so-and-so. Um, it kind of reminds me of that movie. Uh, and I mean, she's a, she was a photographer. Vivian Meyer. I've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah. People were like, something's going to happen. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've thought about that because I just don't, at this point, there's so much stuff that's so overwhelming, and I don't have the money to pay to scan it or to right. send to somewhere. Um, but right now, I mean, even just scanning all that would take me a week. <laughs> and I mean, lot. I did twice as much of that processing, which when I say that, I guess y'all can't see if anyone's listening to this. It's a lot of film. It's about I mean, 10 look. rolls of 35 millimeter and yeah. maybe like six rolls of 120. So... That's 48 shots of one, 48 pictures on 120 and whatever, like 360 pictures in 35 millimeter. Um, it's pretty impressive. It looks like actually like a fern or something hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. No, these things, I love these things. Uh, one time when Marilee was out of town, you know, I housed it over here at the loft when she's gone. Yeah. And I saw this octopus thing hanging in her bathroom and I was like, it's for negligees and such. It's like, bro, I washed my underwear, let it dry or bras yeah. kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God, that'd be perfect for film. So I immediately got on Amazon and was like, give me two of those because I don't want to be hanging my film on her octopus hanging thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I guess back to that. Like I, I'll do something with it at some point. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I, I, one of my dreams right now, especially with all the film shops and everything closing, is to get one of the things that sk would scan for, like, Wolf Camera or wherever. Because oh, yeah. you know it's just something that feeds yeah, and yeah, goes yeah. through. Because the simple. whole flatbed shit is, takes forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my... Maybe I should do a GoFundMe or just be like, hey, who <laughs> wants to... Because I'm sure they're, like... I'm sure they're $10,000 or something dumb. I mean, but if you can find one that's, like... I, I, just I mean, they have to be out there. There's yeah. all those places where nobody does film anymore. Like they, I imagine that they're they're sitting in some somewhere, yeah. somewhere where they're just like, oh, we're gonna do it with these damn. I things. mean, I'll, I'll download Windows that. 95 or yeah. whatever it has to interface <laughs> with, or I'll fool with it. Um, There's got to be a way. Yeah, I, um, that, that's what I should do. I have I have enough room to put a big machine in here. Oh, plenty of space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next, right next to this hummingbird feet. <laughs> well, so I got that. That was hanging. That was hanging on the porch at the on the film, and it was just going to be donated. Well, it's going to either be donated or thrown away. And I was uh, like, I also have a bird feeder behind it because <laughs> on the loft here, like, I just it would be awesome if pigeons or birds came here. Yeah. Um, apparently, hummingbirds supposedly, if you leave it up and keep putting stuff in it, they'll yeah. come back the next year. Like really? they remember. Where the where food is. Yeah, where the stuff is. So, Where are you from? I'm from Birmingham. I oh. grew up in Hoover. Um, for people who aren't from Alabama, Hoover's a suburb. It's a little more diverse than some of the other suburbs. But it's, you know, grew up middle class. Yeah. White kid. 
Where are your friends? Where are your, uh, your mom and dad from? So my dad grew up, uh, he, they mostly lived in Hoover and around Green Valley Country Club. Like he wasn't born there. He was born, I think, out in Center Point. And then they moved there, I guess, would have been during white flight. Um, mm. In like the early, late 50s, early 60s and built a house up there. My grandparents lived there so till yeah. they died. Wow. Um, and my aunt lived there with them. It was an awesome house. They designed it. It, it was Holy awesome. Uh, so my dad, you know, was the city dude. And my mom um, came from like Albertville, Alabama, that area, like out, you know, up near Boaz, all that. Mm, been um, so there. she was like the country, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> country and city. And, yeah. You know, they met on a blind date and they're married. Just they're still well. married to this day. <laughs> he asked her to marry him. My dad says it was at Davenport's Pizza, which is a little pizzeria in Birmingham. My mom was like, he asked me at a, a red light on the way there. <laughs> but we still all go to that. Like, whenever, I'm, whenever I've dated someone, I'm like, oh, we're going to Davenport's. Like, when I really like them, I'm like, this might actually be something. And to this day, we still go there for... My brother's birthday, cool, we're going to Davenport's. It's my mom's birthday, or it's wow. someone's leaving, we're going to Davenport's. Which is cool because it's expensive pizza. Yeah. And so when someone else is paying for it, it's, it's even better. Because it is really good pizza, but it's way better when it's free. What did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad, his father um, started working for a spice company and then worked his way up. And when the owner of that passed away, my dad, my grandfather bought it from the dude who owned its wife. Yeah. Uh, and then now my dad runs it. And both my brothers work there. I'm the only one who doesn't work there. Why don't you work there? <laughs> I, I worked there from the age of 14 to maybe 22. Oh, you put in some good time. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd work there on the summers because, um, you know, lived at home. Got yeah. a ride every morning. It's like, so yeah. I'd work 40 hours a week there. And then I had part-time jobs on the side. Like, I worked at Walgreens and Office Depot. Do they not pay you your full rate at the No, I mean, they paid me. Like, I mean, it would, I think I started making seven an hour there, which is good money when you're 14. I would, this would have been like 96 or so. Like, seven an hour for a kid is good money. I think I made like 12 an hour when I stopped working there. But it was an office environment. So it's strange how much that affected my life. Because I was like, I don't want to work in an office every day. <laughs> I feel, feel bad maybe saying this on the record, but it, it was just like, you know, there were people there who had been there for 20 or 30 years. It's a family-owned business. So many of these people have known me since I was one. Yeah. And they also have known, like, every time I've fucked up in my life, like, they, <laughs> I'm sure, like, all know, like, oh, he did this, or, oh, he's dropping out of college, yeah. or whatever. So whenever I go back there now, I'm like, oh, man. I don't see y'all but once a year, but y'all still all know what's you know weird. Um, but working there, it's just, I did really well in high school. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be an engineer. I'm gonna, you know, make a lot of money, do this. But a, a lot of my turning into an artist was like, fuck, I don't wanna have that <laughs> normalcy. Yeah. So it's it's weird. It's weird, even now, to this day, to go back. Like, I, they needed photos for the website, and I was like, all right, I'll come down and take photos. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm back it's here. Just, it's strange because my brothers, you know, my brothers and dad all work together. So they see everybody all the time. You know, I'm a southern boy. I still talk to my mom yeah. twice a day. Wow. But 
I don't see my family that much, even though I live in the same city. So it's weird thinking how much my family all sees each other. Right. Um, without you there. Without me there. Are you the oldest? No, I'm the baby. Okay. <clears throat> I'm the youngest. Jamie is, he was born in 74, so however old that is. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's 43, and then Jeff is 79, so I think we're like 15 months apart. June yeah. 11th, 79, to February 9th, 80, uh, 81. However, uh, yeah, like 16 yeah. months. Wow. wow. Yep. We we're both accidents. My mom was on birth control. <laughs> both, time, both me and Jeff. I still don't know. I, I don't know if she was smoking when she was on birth control and had us. Because at this Does point, that... it's like, I don't want to ask. But were you smoking when you had me? I feel like I've asked her before, but I don't remember yeah. what she said. Because she smoked a lot. Does smoking negate the birth control? It's my theory. <laughs> I don't know that. I could Google it. So I have Googled it. I don't remember. I feel like just smoking during pregnancy is bad. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Do you ever put spices in your work? Do they ever? Did that ever pop up someplace? No. Did you ever see spices? You said it was an office environment. Did they ever come through? Oh yeah. Well, so when I worked there, it was downtown here in Birmingham. Okay. Which uh, it's over there on first like uh have you ever been in leg lofts like that's where the mm. office used to be and then the way it would work is they would do it was four floors and so like they would start doing stuff at the top and then by the bottom because i mean they had these huge machines in there, yeah um for blending they're blending thousands of pounds at a time um what kind maybe of maybe not thousands mostly so they're business to business I hope, sorry, Jeff and Jamie and Dad, if y'all listen to this, I hope I don't say anything <laughs> wrong. But, uh, I mean, we're in the South. It's a lot of uh, pork sausage mm. or just sausage in general. Um, so it always smelled like sage. Sage is like the smell. Also, sage oh. sticks with you, like that smell. You know, even when I get my brother's car to this day, they ended up moving the, the office down to Calera. So, like, it's it's a little more separated from where they actually blend the spices right. but downtown here is like you walk in you could you could smell it walking by on the street wow and i have friends that converted the you know the space into lofts and i have friends that like still you can smell <laughs> it in their loft wow like you can still smell it in the wood um i mean it was there for i don't know how many years a lot like sage. 70 or 100 yeah. yeah sage is the big thing because it's in sausage so I don't know if this is still the case. I'd have to ask my brother, but I know when I was there, one of their bigger customers, I won't say the name, but they were a business to business who made meatballs and then would right. sell it to places like Subway and stuff or were the provider for yeah. Subway. That's cool. Yeah, it was neat. It's a neat business. Uh, yeah. You know, the theory is you're always, no matter what's happening in the world or the economies or anything, people are always going to eat and they always want it to taste good. Yeah. And seasoning is what makes shit taste good. So. I mean, in theory, it's a it's perfect a pretty, business yeah, model. Yeah, it's pretty sound. Yeah, it's always going to be needed, especially pork sausage here in the South, you know? <laughs>
It's very synthy, LA. Oh, I don't think I've 80s. heard of that. No. Fuck. Here, let me pull it up. It's worth <laughs> pulling up. Because I have another story about Egyptian Lover. There's a Salvation Army here that's right above town on Fred Shuttlesworth Boulevard up there. Uh, but I bought an Egyptian Lover 12 inch, mm -hmm. like as a single, um, back in the day. And I love that song. Uh, so I, when I saw it at an estate sale, I was like, Egyptian lover, awesome. Um, let's see. This is Egyptian lover. <laughs> so I bought this. <laughs> I bought this at a yard sale. I mean, not a yard sale. Oh, yes, that Salvation I know this Army. Song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And so the last tape I got was this song. Yeah. I mean, the whatever album this is on, which is, of course, it has the greatest hits on here, so I don't know what the album... Either way, that's the last tape I bought. Yeah. So that's the last time I dealt with tapes. Dealt with tapes. Nice. But now friends of mine are putting stuff out on tape, and I'm like... I've noticed that. Hey, cool, here's an MP3 download code. And I'm like, oh, then I'll have to interface it with iTunes. So it's like all around, like, I, yeah, it's yeah. not on Spotify. God, I'm old. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't deal with music the same way I used to. Like, even the music putting together for this, for you, yeah. I was like, uh, there were so many songs that it's like, oh, well, this was the demo version, or this was... You know, the, one of my favorite songs is Elliot Smith's uh, Distorted Reality, blah, 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 uh, which was the last song he released before he died. Wow. Before he killed him, maybe killed himself. I, I don't think it was suicide. But anyway, uh, the last song before he died that he put out as a 7-inch, and then when they released the album after his death, they did a whole different version of it. You know, a lot of my friends have, like, this weird, nerdy, older yeah. sister or brother that was like, Here, I know that either. here's Sonic Youth, and here's <laughs> the Pixies and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, back then, you know, I didn't have any exposure or anything cool. Um, I forget what got me on that tangent. I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> this, so we just, we, did you eat some of this gum, too? No. Oh, is it the brain gum? Yes. No, I didn't want it to mess up the flavor of my <laughs> LaCroix vodka and a little bit of uh, leftover coconut sugar-free Red Bull. Oh. No, it's the, oh, oh okay. no, I didn't oh. put any coconut water. I just, this came from Sam's Club. <laughs> or no, Costco. Um, yeah, so Marilee, who was just in here, is an artist as well. She lives here. I just rent this room. Yeah. Um, so she came through and she was like, hey, I got this brain gun that my mom bought me. Would you like to try some? And uh, so I tried some. It's kind of nasty, but it's supposed to make your brain smart, at least wow. for the, the moment that you're chewing it. I so this is going to get a lot headier. I know. I, I try, <laughs> but now I'm overthinking it because I'm like, well, what should I ask him? <laughs> no. no, it's all, I think that's like, a, what do they call it, psychosomatic or yeah. something like that. It's like, oh, if you think it's better, right, right. then it doesn't matter if it's better or not. Like, if you feel like... I take uh, this anxiety stuff. It's like this herbal supplement. Right. I don't have it around here. And I'm like, I honestly can't tell if it does anything <laughs> for my anxiety. Right. But just taking it gives me like a little bit of like, oh, man. Uh, it feel a little better, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to ask you about, you said you went to college, but you didn't finish? Oh, I originally went to Georgia Tech. Uh-huh. I, in high school, I never had to try, but I did really well. Right. And then, you know, like, if I'd have gone in state, with my ACT score, I could have gone to fucking Alabama or Auburn or anywhere in state with a full ride. Right. Uh, 
glad I didn't, but sometimes I'm like, how different would I be if I'd gone to Auburn or Alabama? I'd probably, honestly, I'd have probably gone to UAH. Uh, ended up graduating from Montevallo when I was 29 or 30, somewhere okay. in there. Um, but yeah, I went to Georgia Tech and went there for two years and got there and was like, I've never had to study. I don't know how to study. I don't wow. have, it's kind of just like the whole film thing. It's like, I don't have, I don't want to just sit at a computer or just study or I don't have the discipline. Come to find out, I think I'm ADD as hell. Right. Um, so I try to find jobs and such that cater to that. That's always different or doesn't require that regimented yeah. type of thing. But yeah, I went to Georgia Tech for two years. I would love to go back. It's funny how love and kill work for that. <laughs> but kill to go back. I'd love to go back. Uh, you know, because when I went back, I took a break from school. Like I came back, I moved back home. I'd gone on tour with a band the summer of my sophomore year. Like, okay. I shot for the school newspaper at Georgia yeah. Tech, and this band, like, you know, I went to, like, the 99X or whatever festival yeah. and photoed this band, and it was a local band who had just got signed to a big label, and I sent them the pictures, and they're like, man, these are awesome. And it was just them during the daytime, so yeah. it was real easy to shoot. It was, like, them on the locals-only stage or whatever. Okay. Um, ended up becoming really good friends with those guys, and they took me on tour with them. And I was out on the road, and I was like, this is what it's like to be a photographer. <laughs> you know, like, they had, they were on uh, Island Records. They had, like, the whole Prevost tour bus and all this. And I was nice. 20 at the time. Like, I think I used my brother's ID as a fake ID. And I was like, man, I, I could do this my whole life. I could tour and photo bands. I'd been photoing bands a lot at that point. Yeah. Um, taking live shots. I wasn't photoing the bands as much. But, yeah, I came home. For the summer after being on tour with them for a month that summer from georgia tech and i was like fuck school crazy. i don't want to be an engineer i want to do this weird stuff and so yeah i dropped out and then i tried to take a couple classes at uab i just didn't care yeah if you don't care about school there's no point in going to school yeah whereas when i got older uh my dad had paid into this like packed program like prepaid affordable college tuition Ooh. which means like if you pay into it your kid can go to school in Alabama for free, basically. Whoa. Um, like, tuition is paid for, I don't, maybe room and board, uh, but either way, you just have to pay for books or whatever. That's freaking awesome. But uh, when I was, like, 27 or so, 26, he got a letter. It was like, hey, if you don't use this money, it's just going to disappear. And so I, my brother had just, my brother had gone to Montevallo and loved it, and I'd always liked Montevallo, mm. and then I dated a couple, I dated a Montevallo girl, so I got to know a whole bunch of Montevallo people after they had left there, yeah. and I just got to go down there a bunch, and I was like, oh, screw it, I'll go to Montevallo, because this money was just going to disappear, and I was yeah. like, you know, I could use a college degree, <laughs> but then when I went back, much older, I was like, cool, history of the Middle East, yeah, that's actually neat, <laughs> like, or, or like, cool i'll go to a drawing class for four hours like i'd love it's to funny draw what becomes like cool to you as you get older like mm -hmm. i went back to school later on in life and probably would have continued to do very well in it it was like my first a in college because i dropped out as well when mm -hmm. i was younger um but i got a call to do um to be a photographer slash videographer in um in the middle east funny enough and mm -hmm. uh and i was like well shit how do you how do you pass that up? You can't yeah. pass up, you know, going somewhere you've never been and living out there for, I think I was out there for two years, mm -hmm. doing crazy shit you never thought you'd do and meeting people that you never thought you'd meet. So I didn't want to pass that up, so I let school go. 
and I just never really picked it back up again. But it's interesting that you, I was super into it. Yeah. The second no, time it's around. So neat. And the thing is, is now it's just a matter of willpower. Yeah. Because Harvard, MIT, all these schools put so much of their stuff up online, mm -hmm. like through, you know, I mean, podcasts or, you know, yeah. like, if you want to be smart, <laughs> you just gotta fucking go listen and do stuff and read books and stuff. Like, it's funny how the the knowledge is there, but nobody nobody cares anymore. More available now that it ever was rather, before. I'd rather watch Fargo and fold my clothes <laughs> than listen to a lecture. Depending, it's funny. Like here at the loft, I usually listen to headphones yeah. or something back here, or try and keep it quiet. And I'll be watching, you know, like old episodes of home movies. <laughs> that do you know that animated show? That's one of my favorite. I rewatch oh. stuff a lot. Uh, the home movies is one of my favorites. The, the kid that used mm -hmm. to make movies. Yeah. 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 So I'll sit back here and I'll be watching that and then I'll go up front to get like, you know, a little curler or whatever and fucking Marilee will be listening to something about brains or like <laughs> some like real heady, just yeah. out there stuff, interesting stuff. She listens to a lot of podcasts or audiobooks, and I'm like, man, you're getting smarter up here and I'm just back here <laughs> watching something I've seen a hundred times. Getting more stupider. That's because yeah. we're from Jupiter. Yeah. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright that. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to be around people who want to be smarter. Yeah, I know. I really would love to go back and get a degree in something completely different. Like, what did you get your degree in when you went back? Uh, I got a bachelor, a BS in art. In art. So you, you went back A bullshit in art. <laughs> I would have had to take, like, it would have taken me another six months or a year maybe to get a BFA. And I was like, yeah. I've already had art shows. Like, I don't care to have my... <laughs> Like, I was in a lot of art shows while I was in college, yeah. so I was like, I don't, you know, I don't need to do that. So what did it, what did the BS get you? One of the biggest things, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> but the biggest thing was just, learn, like, all, back behind you, those are drawings. Like, I, the reason I did photography is because I picked up a camera in high school and I was like, you can just do it. Right. You know, it's easy. Um, and I haven't... I don't know, I won awards off pictures I took of my first roll of film. Like, I won awards at Cameras Brookwood. Like, they had, wow. like, a student competition. Yeah. And it was my cousin Brandon at my grandfather's. My grandfather was a crazy hoarder, and his birthday happened to also be on Halloween. But he was, like, a redneck. Like, Sears would call him and be like, hey, we have all this salvage stuff. Yeah. Do you want <laughs> these old play sets or want to fix these old fridges? And so he would just had, a, had like, a crazy you know, country house with just like, here's 40 fridges in a row out in wow. the backyard. Here's an old car from the 50s. And it was Halloween, so my cousin Brandon's in a skeleton outfit and he's standing next to an old rusted out car. Like it just came so easy. Yeah. Um, and I always thought drawing and stuff was a God-given talent. I was like, oh, you're just born with it. And it's like, right. no, it's a skill. And going back to college, it's like, oh, yeah, let me sit here and draw for three hours. And it's like, and I'm still not good at it. Right. I just like doing it. Um, just being forced to do stuff makes you find what you want to do. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I don't want to do this assignment, but I'd rather do this. But it's still in the same vein. To this day, I still, you know, you gone, Marley? Where are you going? She looks cool. Oh, okay. She looks oh, like a freaking uh, actor or something. Like, yeah. like I should stop her and say, "Hey, I look like a successful artist." You, yeah, yes. you do look like somebody With famous. Your colorful, weird glasses. Yeah, you did sell a piece. <laughs> but, but, 
it's strange. I think a, a lot of my friends think I'm a very social person. I'm like, no, I, I like being alone. And I'm alone a lot more than I think a lot of people are. And a lot more than most of my friends realize I am. Yeah. Because I do, you know, I Katie's a school teacher, so if I'm not on a job, like, I'm alone. And even when I'm here at the studio with Marilee, like, we're in our own world. Like, I'll see her, like I said, when I go up to get a drink or something, uh, or get some food or yeah. a snack, and I'll be like, hey, what are you working on? But then I'm back here in my own world, and I like being alone most of the time. Which is weird. As a photographer, that involves, like, I don't like taking landscapes. I don't like... I don't like photoing stuff that anyone else could just walk upon. Right. I feel like as a photographer, I want to, I do portraits because I'm basically photographing people. Like I want that interaction. The camera is just the conduit. The camera right. is the license for it. Uh, that's mostly why I shoot large format and with weird cameras. Partly, if I shot digitally, I'm like da 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 da. Yeah. But when I shoot, you know, with that the Mamiya, the one that should camera I just got uh, yeah. or C330 or the Universal it's like oh I got eight pictures I've got 12 pictures um, or when I shoot 4 by 5 or 16 by 20 it's like cool I've got one picture wow. and so it limits you but at the same time you it's a it's a it's a license to photograph any random person on the street it's not like I'm just some dude like right. you know, hey I'm hitting on you let me take your picture like, like, I just hey, got this one I just want you. I want one picture. I want to remember this. Yeah. And I want that interaction. Um, Avedon is one of my favorite photographers ever, and he, I used, I used to mimic him without knowing it before I really knew who he was. He he said that you know every photograph is a self portrait, and I fully believe that. Uh, and it's part of why I approach it the way I do. Mm. Like I could make way more money if I could do weddings or if I could shoot for editorial or like you know shoot campaigns for stuff but it's like if i if it's not for me it just doesn't look yeah good it's very different and it's not like oh well you know i have friends that are very good at it like wes one of my best friends he yeah he can do it he's like if y'all want to give me money to photo this fucking thing doing this like he can do it whereas for me like my heart's just not in it and it looks like shit because of that right which is part of the reason i've gone these other routes because i can't do commercial photography. I suck at it. How would you describe like your style or your approach to I, making pictures? I feel like it's documentary, but it's different because I'm interacting with the people, and, and I'm I, I want I don't like a lot of those thirty. When I shoot thirty-five millimeter, it's candid. It's point and shoots. Right. It's whatever. It's like hey, I'm drunk dancing at a party, and I want to remember this, or I'm this is cool looking right here, or oh, I'm at the river with friends, I want to remember this that person's outfit looks cool I want to remember this but with 4x5 and stuff it's such a formal procedure mm -hmm. like when you're like okay stay still my depth of field's fucking 4 inches like yeah. you can't move you have this weird control of people and at the same time it, I want people to be very aware they're being photographed a lot of the time mm -hmm. with larger formats or whatever um, so when they're aware of it you get a different thing from them and when you slow it down especially four by five, it makes people just almost like let loose. Mm. Even though you're controlling them, you're like, okay, stand here, don't move. Don't move like back and forth or whatever. Uh, but then at the same time, you're not hiding behind the camera when you take the picture, you're standing next to it. So you have this very different interaction. It's just like right now, I'm looking right. you in the eye. Right. I'm not, I don't have something up in front of me or whatever. Same thing with the Mamiya C330, which 
it's like a twin lens. People who don't know, it's like the two lenses you've right. seen it, the oh, rectangular. Yeah. When you shoot with that, you're looking down, you focus it, but then you're not hiding by the camera. You're looking right at the person. Right. Um, so I like that interaction a lot more. I think you get a lot more. And I think by forcing yourself, like I'm only taking one or two pictures versus digitally, it's like, right. I don't do it for people. I right. do it for me. And I, a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm not trying to make someone look good. I'm trying, I just want to capture how it is for me right now. Right. It's very much, a, it very much is, I mean, it's purely for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very selfish thing, Dude. which sucks. Because there's so many times, like, I'll, I, you know, something will happen. I'll be like, oh, i got to find this old photo. And I'll go back through old photos. I'm like, oh, man, this person would love this photo. Or, oh, look, yeah. that was that party in 2005. Or this this person at some festival. Or that's this. And it's like, ah, whatever. I've got something else to do right now. I'll, I'll get to that another time in my life. Do you take photos? Like, I, sometimes I'll take a photo and, uh, you know, I'll present it to, like, Main times it'd be like my mom or some sort of family, and then they won't like it. They won't like oh, no, yeah. no matter how much I love the photo, they won't like it. Does that happen with you? No, <laughs> because, because I don't see... show them. Oh, they don't yeah. see it, so you don't have that. You don't have to deal with that. I, you don't have the expectation of you know everybody. It's vanity, I don't care I who anyone yeah. is. Everybody's insecure in some yeah. ways. I mean, I fucking hate seeing photos of myself. It's yeah. weird. Like Wes bringing up Wes again, I I've been assisting him a little bit here and there, uh, you know. Like he's been shooting for Bon Appetit and stuff, and it's yeah. like he needs an assistant in Austin or he needs someone here, and I love working with him. It's right. like I'll help you light this, I'll help you do this, I can make this look good, and then you do the actual capturing. Right. Um, but he has so many dumb photos. I mean, every time I see him, I'm like, God, I am that fat, or God. I... <laughs> He'll he still he's he'll go through old photos and stuff and he'll send me photos like he did this not long ago where it's like cool that's me around the time we met in two thousand three God look how skinny I was look how <laughs> awesome I look and I like seeing that and I like but now you know he shoots dumb photos of me all the time I'm yeah. like I just don't want to I don't want to see him I'll, I want to see him in ten years just like those other ones it's like right. I want to see it then. I, I do, I volunteer a lot, like I shoot a lot of headshots yeah. and stuff, like, uh, so... Digital Katie, or, uh... Yeah, film. that's all, all that shit's digital. Yeah. No, if I'm not going to scan stuff I actually <laughs> care about, definitely not fucking scanning headshots. So I took like 70 kids' headshots, shit. and it ruled. Yeah. Um, I like, it's weird, I, I feel like it's a generational thing, I feel like kids like being photographed. A lot more than they, I mean, I guess we liked being photographed back then, but the opportunities came up so much less like I don't yeah it wasn't everybody had a phone in their yeah, pocket so well now it's just photography so ubiquitous it's everywhere and instagram and everybody can be a photographer and everybody should be a photographer right. um it's important to remember it but because of the ease of it it doesn't actually fucking matter right like i i'm very big into i'm a very tactile person i want something you can touch yeah and it's one of the things with negatives it's like those negatives literally that's the light that hit that asshole right there yeah like, that's the light that captures, you know, it's just like that's that moment in a physical way. I can now touch it. When I print it or do something with it, it's going to be the same, like, 
physical mm-hmm. I've held it. I you know you know I, I handled Spider Spider Martin stuff with Tracy for a while. I didn't know Do that. Do you know this? Oh no. man, I have so many civil rights crazy pictures over here. <laughs> and because of that I've photoed John Lewis and Andrew Young. Really? Um Fred Shuttlesworth. I I took port that was with APT actually. But I photographed all these people and when I go back and look through the negatives that was there at that moment. It's like a Polaroid. Yeah. It's like this physical embodiment. Um, it's just like, you know, Polaroids in general. I collect a lot of Polaroids. And it's, even Polaroids from my family. I have Polaroids next to my bed that is my grandmother and yeah. grandfather and my mom, dad. And it's like, man, my grandmother touched this. My aunt touched this. Like, that couch you're sitting yeah. on was my aunt's couch. Like, I'm a, very much into that connection and in this day and age of zeros and ones and digital there's just not that's not there and because it's so easy to do it just people don't have that connection to things anymore (laughs) this gum is definitely not working because i had a question (laughs) that i wanted to ask and and then i i just i don't have that question in my head anymore i'll ask you a question oh what was what was your first concert ever so I was late in the game for getting to concerts, and uh, there's a friend who I'm such an asshole for ne- for not reaching out to since maybe I don't know a long freaking time ago. The first concert I remember going to was with her. Her name is Elena, and it was um, New Edition. Ah, that's a good one. Without Bobby Brown. Oh. <laughs> and I Man. knew he wasn't gonna be there. Like it was one of those things where it's like. And this is another thing about the internet not having it was that it just was through the grapevine. Like mm-hmm. Bobby's not going to show. You know what I mean? Like we just all knew that without having to, you know, have any uh, Google or whatever assist us. Um, but we went and we jammed out to New Edition, uh, and that was my first concert. Damn. Yeah. And I, I was, was I was supposed to photo Bobby Brown one time. Did he not show up? No. <laughs> no, it was. I had photoed a lot of bands and stuff at this point. It was like 2005 or six, maybe. Uh-huh. I was supposed to, supposed to photo Bobby Brown uh, for some decent-sized magazine or something. It was that like dude a job. Like my someone idol, had... by the way. Just oh, throwing really? that in there. Yeah, okay. I wanted to be Bobby Brown slash Eddie Murphy. So continue. Yeah. Well, I was supposed <laughs> to photo him in Atlanta, and I was this was bad. I was so unprofessional. I was like. You know, usually you're going to get makeup, you're going to get all this, yeah. you're going to get all this, like, now that I know more. Right. But at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, well, his manager was talking, he's like, are you, this might have been email, or wouldn't text me, it was before all that shit, before people text a lot. But anyways, I was like, okay, well, uh, let's meet up in this field, and I'll photo him in this, like, weird abandoned warehouse area of Atlanta near Georgia Tech, yeah. and all this, and I was like, they canceled the shoot, because it's like, ah, there's no makeup, there's nothing. I was just like, hey, let's let's just show up and shoot it here. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, oh, Bobby Brown, no, I'm supposed to rent a studio. I'm yeah. supposed to do this shit. I'm supposed to do this, but I didn't know at the time. So whenever I hear about Bobby Brown, it's just like one of those weird, like, failed, like, oh, man. But whenever I hear Bobby Brown, I think of like that. It's just like one of those weird fail reminders. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that thing you fucked up 15 years ago. I have one of those. Are we done? Yep, that's it. We're done. If you haven't had enough, follow us on Instagram at TBS underscore podcast. If you got words for me, send an email to somecollegeradio at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. The B-side can be found just about everywhere you listen to podcasts. 
And if you're listening on iTunes, rate us. Special thanks to my guest, Jonathan Purvis. Thank you, Brian Wilson, for the music. This show was edited by some guy, and that guy is saying peace. Peace.